the church beautifully puts these readings together. I don't know if you were able to catch that, but when Brother Reuben read the second reading, this, the, the letter from St. Paul to Timothy, this is First <clears throat> Timothy chapter 2. This one passage answers everything we need to say about Mary and the saints. Did you catch it? We Catholics are constantly called to task on the role of Mary and the saints. It's right there. First, Paul tells us that supplications, prayers, petitions, thanksgivings are offered for everyone. This makes Jesus happy. But then he goes on to say Jesus is the only mediator. It seems like our non-Catholic brethren don't see that first part. They only see that second part. How many of us have been challenged on that and have not either known how to respond or weren't sure that our faith is even correct? How is there intercessions and supplications and prayers like we do for each other and the saints, and yet we're being told there's only one mediator, Jesus Christ? So which is it? Yes, there is only one mediator between us and the Father. Jesus is the only way to the Father. This is no doubt, so you can be firm as a Catholic, that's what we believe. There's only one way to the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. But there's many ways to Jesus. So you have us, you have Jesus who came and his goal is to take us back to the Father. That's what's happening in the Mass when the priest elevates the concluding doxology through him, with him, and in him. You are being returned back to God the Father. You've probably heard this in my talks before. So there's us. Jesus comes to prepare us to get us to the Father. So Jesus is the only way to the Father. But how do you get to Jesus? Through each other supplications through each other, our prayers, Mary, the saints. How do we know this, Father, you're all wrong? No, no. Brother Reuben and I were just talking about seminary. He's in seminary right now down at Holy Apostles. And I had was blessed with some of the best scripture passage uh, classes, both at Holy Apostles and Dominican House. And we went over this. First Timothy chapter two talks about mediator. You got to go to the Greek. The Greek, the word that Paul uses is not monos, which means no other way, no other way. Jesus is the only possible way, which he is. But Paul doesn't use that for the word mediator. He uses the word eis, E-I-S, which means one in a series. It means sub-mediator, meaning Christ is the mediator of the Father, but we can mediate and help each other get to Jesus. Every time you pray, for somebody else, you're being a mediator. Every time you say a supplication, a prayer, a petition for somebody else, you are a mediator. You're not the mediator. That's only Jesus Christ. You are a mediator. That's why Paul uses eis and not monos. And so how do we reconcile that now to this gospel? It's beautiful. Because what's going on in this gospel it relates exactly to this. Okay, first of all, <clears throat> the steward had to give an account to what was given to him. There's, there's really two big parts to this passage. All right, we're going to talk about the steward being accountable for what was given to him and then helping others, which applies to that second reading. All right, so the steward has to give an account. 
He's called to task, and so will we at death. We will be called to task. Now, he is accountable for how he used that was given to him. We too will be called to account for to task on what was given to us. Well, what will that be? What will that be? Time, treasure, and talent. God gave us time, God gave us our treasure, whatever it might be, and God gave us talent. How are we using those? I remember Father Seraphim used to kind of always wake me up to this fact because there's one of the few things I enjoy when I'm not doing ministry or working, if I can get a little time, is to watch college football, University of Michigan. And I remember at the table, some of us were talking about this Michigan football game, and Father Seraphim looks at me and he says, do you realize that you're going to be accountable for all that time you spent watching football? And it kind of woke me up. So we are. Now, how do we know that we are doing well? How do we know this? One of the best things you could do is a particular examine every day. Pick a time in the day. We do it twice as Marians in the midday and before we go to bed. What is an examine? An examine is, and it's E-X-A-M-E-N. You examine your conscience, you walk through your day, you give thanks to God for the good things, and you say sorry to God for the times you messed up. You analyze your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. This is powerful. This is very important because then at the end of each day, you can say, am I on the right track or not? And you can see where you're failing. So like the prodigal son, this steward is a squanderer. It says right here, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. We just heard a couple Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, about the prodigal son. This is the same kind of thing. He squandered. He wasted. Are we, you know, the word prodigal means to squander. Are we prodigal sons? Are we squandering our time, our treasure, and our talent on needless things? Hours on the cell phones, hours in front of television, hours on the internet, hours laying around on the couch, sleeping, or are we putting it to work for God? This is the question. Do we waste what has been given to us? <clears throat> Do you know it's not just time that you can waste? What about money? Do you know that a third, this is shocking, a third of all lottery winners end up bankrupt. A third. A third of million-dollar lottery winners end up bankrupt. Squandering. You know, we must remember, as stewards, nothing is actually ours. Not even your children. Your children are a gift to you from God. You are a steward. What is a steward? Something God puts you in charge of for a temporary point in time until he comes back. Just like this owner, this rich man. He put the steward in charge until he came back. You are in charge of certain things until Christ comes again. Your time, your treasure, your talent, your children, your, your family, whatever it might be. If we belong to God, we realize it's not ours. Everything God puts us in charge of or stewards of are his. So it's not about what material goods we have when we die. Those aren't ours to begin with. It's about how we use these things. 
and the graces that we generate, the God showers upon us from these good works that will follow us into judgment. Now, do you realize that Christians, now I'm not talking just Catholics now, Christians, do you know we fall pretty low on our giving to God what he is owed? He's owed the number one spot. We usually put him way down the list. Do you know that um, Christians, we give only 2.2% of our income? Christians, 2.2%. You know what Catholics give? Half of that. Christians give 2.2% of their income to God. Catholics are half of that, about 1%. Even if we don't look at what we do with money, though, how about the other things that God gives us? What about what God gave you at baptism? What did God give you at baptism? The most precious gift he could ever give you. At baptism, you were given the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Faith, are you living it? Are you practicing it? Well, you are because you're watching. God bless you. But are we living charity? Are we living love? Are we living these things? Are we living our Catholic faith? What about the sacraments? God gives us the sacraments. Are we receiving them reverently? Are we attentive to them? Are we devoted to the church? This is a huge responsibility. How do we use these for the kingdom? What about the very fact that God gives you the right to vote in the United States? Are you using that right to vote for not who you personally like, but who is living out what the church tells us are the non-negotiables, the dignity of human life, the sanctity of marriage between man and a woman, and the preservation of religious liberty? Or are you saying, I don't like his attitude? What are we doing with the gifts that God gives us? God gave certain gifts to some and not to others. True. But to whom much is given, much will be expected. This is challenging. All right. So here's what I want to finish. So use what is not yours, time, treasure, talent. These are gifts of God to gain what will become yours, what will be yours forever in heaven, spiritual goods. So what do you mean, Father? Okay. Take your time, treasure, and talent that God gives you that aren't yours and turn it into something that is yours forever. What do we mean? Okay. For instance, you can help souls in purgatory right now so that they will later help you with their prayers. You know, every time you help a soul in purgatory now, when they get to heaven, they will absolutely guaranteed help you. The greatest act of charity, St. Stanislaus, our founder, tells us, is to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. Why is that the greatest act of charity of all? Because they can't help themselves. We as humans, for the most part, can help ourselves. Now, some can't, but the holy souls cannot. They can't help themselves. This is a better investment than any 401k or stock program. Because unlike money, it will last forever. The grace that you give through prayers and supplications. Wait a minute, isn't that just what Paul said? I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions be offered for everyone. Ah, it doesn't say just alive people. It doesn't say just the living. Does it say it? I don't see where it says for just the living. It says for everyone. That includes the dead. 
So we Catholics need to know this to be able to defend our faith and live it. You know, the measure by which we measured will be measured out to us. So if we help souls in purgatory, when we get there, we'll be helped. God will see to it. So why not? All right, what about at the end of the gospel here where it says the master commended him? What? It said the master commended him. All right, the steward said to him, let's see, where is that part here? Uh, therefore, no, sir. Okay, I don't remember. But basically it said the master commended him. All right, now, how? Why? He was being dishonest. He was giving away his money. Why did the master commend him? For prudence. Prudence for thinking about the future. Not for being dishonest. And when you think of the future by praying for holy souls now that can help you in the future, or being charitable now that will help you at the time of your judgment, you're thinking of the future. But not about money, about grace, the real currency. And so this, this owner commends the steward, not for being dishonest, but for being prudent, thinking about the future. Now, how do we know this? Because right then he says, the sons of this world are wiser than the sons of light. Wait a minute, what is that? For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. What does that mean? That means basically they are wiser on planning for their future here on earth. Their retirement, their money, that they have travel, that they can be able to still have a big home. They're more prudent than we Christians, children of light, are about our future in eternal life. Do we put as much time into planning for eternity than we do for retirement? Do we? Being a Marian helper is a beautiful way to do that. Because the graces that you can receive from our masses, our prayers, our penances, are going to give you real currency, not cash, something greater, grace. We need to think of the future, but the real future. True wealth? Nah, it's not what we keep here, but actually in what we give away. That's true wealth. Possessions? Yes. They're a great responsibility that you do something with them. Like the parable of the 10 talents. I gave you 10 talents. What'd you do with it? Well, I made 10 more. God bless you. So basically to finish, can you make friends by doing what this guy did? This is interesting. All right. Make a true investment. The rich, you can help the poor in this world. But here's what's interesting. The rich who help the poor in this world by giving them money or food or something like that. And that's needed. That's good. That's a corporal work of mercy. But do you know that the poor help the rich in a much greater way? The poor give the rich an opportunity to be charitable. The poor give those who have an opportunity to show love. This is an investment. And guess what happens? When they get to heaven, they'll intercede for you. That's what Paul's talking about. You know, we give temporal things to them, like money or food, but they in return will give many spiritual riches to us because we get grace from being charitable to them. So the people who go without give us a chance to be like Christ, to help them. 
in either time, treasure, or talent. You don't have to be rich. Father, I don't have any money to help. And that's not what we mean. Father, I don't have any talents, okay? But we all got time. We all can help. We can pray for each other. We will be given more in return, even if we don't see it now, by helping these people in time, treasure, or talent. So, you know, our Lord says, be faithful with the little, um, and then you'll be faithful with much. But it's the same with dishonesty. If you're dishonest with little, you'll be dishonest with much. You know, it's funny because employers, they need to see the performance of people to know that if a worker can be given more. God looks at those in religious life through vows and those in the secular life through taxes, you know, honest things like that and says, can he trust you with more? Can he trust you with more? And I think that's the question that we have to take from this passage, but how beautifully, how it connects that second reading to the gospel passage how this message of what Paul tells us is the basis of our Catholic faith. These two passages justify everything that we learn as Catholics. Prayers, supplications for everyone, not just the living. Jesus is the one mediator. Yes, he is. But there's many ways to Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. In the gospel, being charitable with our time, treasure, and talent so that we can earn what is really valuable, not money. We earn something greater called grace. This whole thing is a blueprint to get to heaven. How beautiful is our Catholic faith? Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.